Welcome to the Turquoise Coconut Podcast. In episode 13, we are talking to jazz rock trio Archipelago. Welcome to the Turquoise Coconut Podcast, our very first from lockdown, the new normal, and first time we've done one with a band, which is very exciting. Thank you to Archipelago, a band based in Newcastle. They're Faye Carmen, Christian Alderson and John Pope. Hi, everybody. Hello. How is Hi. everyone doing in the current circumstances? I think fine is like the operative word I'm going for because it changes so much that I'm just most of the time I can settle on fine, but it's 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 just really weird I think, um, especially right now because it's been a few weeks. How long has it been? Has it been six weeks or has it been eight? Six weeks, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I'm just about getting to the point where I'm starting to really miss playing gigs and really miss uh rehearsing with other people i like i missed it a little bit at first but it sort of felt like i don't know like it was very temporary and now it feels a little bit more like it's been a while and it might be a while still but uh, i'm doing okay really uh can make a noise at home and uh yeah I'm, i feel really lucky that i can make music at home to be honest so i think we're kind of, kind of living in a, <clears throat> a world of just of caveats at the minute isn't it where it's kind of like yeah we're doing fine under the circumstances, <laughs> it's yeah. that kind of thing. You know, it you know it could be worse, but we're doing yeah. okay. It's that kind of you know. I'm lucky enough to, that in terms of employment and stuff like that, I'm that's still kind of there. So I'm I'm kind of not got those those pressures in a way. Yeah, it's just adjusting mm. to life, being in the house all the time. You know, with family and all the rest of it kind of thing around us. So there's a lot of a lot of that kind of adjustment really. I was just kind of talking earlier, saying I don't kind of realise. I think sometimes how how much a lot of it, I don't know the things that the things that have gone, the, the sort of court freedoms that have got. They're all the things that are kind of the things I do away from family. So making mm. music, uh, you know that kind of thing, is all is all stuff I do away from that unit. It does feel like a big part of things. My life has, has mm-hmm. been taken away for a while. I definitely feel like I've noticed because we rehearse together, I suppose quite frequently, especially for nominally like an improvising jazz type band, you know, mm-hmm. like we spend a lot of time working together. Mm. And the fact that we haven't seen each other in the flesh in a long while feels really odd. I mean, we've talked mm-hmm. like this a couple of times and, and, you know, we're all in touch with each other through Facebook and, and, you know, the various messaging messages, like systems that we use, but but like we haven't we haven't been in a room for ages, and it feels so strange to mm. suddenly have. It makes you realize how big a pillar of your life it is. When mm. suddenly it's like, oh, we just can't really do that the same way that we did. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it's an odd adjustment to make. Yeah. Although all that said, we actually do have a live stream gig next week. 
which um, <laughs> next Sunday, what which I'm really excited about because it means we get to play together again. And I yeah, feel yeah. so lucky to have that because I think I'm really looking forward to that as a chance to play. And if in, I think that's sort of keeping me going a bit right now, knowing that, oh, like, because it's really hard to feel like you're actually doing something when you're not, mm. like you're doing, you're bringing something to life and you're doing it on your own. Like when it, for me, it feels like when I hear music played by other people, especially if it's stuff that I've written or I've ha- feel like I've had, like a lot of me is in it, then it doesn't always feel the same if I'm playing it on my own or mm. working. It sort of feels more of a real experience when there's, when you're playing it with other people. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. Although I've never done a live stream gig before. So <laughs> that sounds, that's been a real challenge, I think for me personally, like, cause I can make snippets of music on my own and I'm kind of used to making music in a way where you kind of construct fragments of it and then bring it to improvisers and they realize it in the space, you know, and like we do that with Archipelago with, with mostly material that Faye brings in. I do that with my, quintet and then as a sort of free improviser and you know someone who works in that sort of realm that's the only way that the music gets made you know so um so having that creative focus feels like a real sort of you know i I wish i made beats i wish i played the piano i wish i was like a solo singer songwriter (laughs) because pump out so much content right now (laughs) it would be great but um yeah someone who just plays the bass or in your instance, just plays with the drums as a thing. Like, yeah, you know, we fr- fit together as a band, you know, that's what we do. I think trying to find space for acoustic drums, I, I know I'm on a few Facebook groups at the moment and it's all just been, I've got the drum room set up so I can play, and everyone suddenly like, you can't move for people trying to buy low volume cymbals and low volume drum heads and everyone's <laughs> gone, I need things to be quiet because it's the only way I can play in the house. And you're like, yeah, you know, I mean, I've got some stuff. I Before all of this happened and there were signs of, you know, yeah, things are going to get locked down. I went, right, I'm going to go grab a bunch of stuff from the rehearsal room. And so <laughs> I can have some kind of something set up in case it becomes where I can do that. And it hasn't quite worked out like that. Again, trying to fit it into a house where there's not, not you know, I've played for years, but it's always been in another space, in another room somewhere, in a rehearsal room. Mm. Whatever. You know, I, the yeah. last time I had drums set up in my house, I was probably like 17 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. <laughs> trying to find a space to fit, even just playing for a while. You know, I had yeah. someone, someone, someone sent me some files the other week, um, my mate Ollie, who was, doing loads of stuff at the minute he's set up like a, a lockdown orchestra so he's just he puts out records like like two albums a month or something stupid like that but i think he's done i think he's done like 14 releases since lockdown started <laughs> Send it, of just sending uh... files to people and getting them to play on them and i was like yeah yeah okay i'll figure something out it'll be good to kind of figure out a way of just like basic home recording with using mm. a, Zoom, a couple of mics maybe and and i've kind of set that up and then had no chance to do anything with it. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like he said four pieces of stuff to play over. And I'm like, yeah, I've done kind of, kind of two of them, maybe. At the minute, my, my kit is set up in the middle of like our kitchen slash dining room, like the most trafficked through <laughs> room in, in the house. Do you know what I mean? And it's just kind of sitting there going, yeah, I'll, yeah, okay, if I get a chance to do it at some point where I'm not going to piss everybody else in the house off and piss the neighbour. We've only got one neighbour, but even then I haven't had a conversation with them about, do you mind if I just, you know, make loads of battering noise for a while? Is, is there any way that um, you could do it and like incorporate the sounds of your household into it 
and we tell everyone like you're welcome to come through by the way like do what you want and maybe that would make everyone be less <laughs> annoyed by it because they'd be like oh he wants us to be a part of this and then i don't think it's so much that they're annoyed about having to like keep out of the way or something it's just that you kind of i think i kind of go back in and go right i'm done for a little while now and you're like yeah you can turn the tv back down now because they've just had the tv on in the next room like full blast so they can hear it over the top of me <laughs> normally i'm not worried about how what i'm doing affects people in the immediate vicinity it's that thing of because if we're in a room playing together we're all there to do the same thing or if i'm in a rehearsal room by myself i'm in that room to do that thing it's like yeah. there's a purpose for that space mm. but yeah. it's weird it's this odd repurposing of space going on i mean i feel like i've been in a liminal sort of state like this for a while because in the week or so preceding lockdown i was nursing a slipped disc basically a, a trapped nerve which was sort of really debilitating and really getting in the way of me being able to do anything. So I spent about a, I spent about two weeks sleeping on the sofa <clears> downstairs <throat> before lockdown even began. And when I was doing that, I kind of, I had my laptop there. So I had a little bit of audio stuff set up, but I wasn't really doing any work. I was just kind of messing around with some ideas. Uh, but then I was also doing all my admin and my email from the sofa. I was doing all of my TV watching from the sofa. I was doing my sleeping and my eating in the same place because um, I couldn't move. And when lockdown kind of happened, I was already immobile. I'd spent like a couple of weeks not really doing anything. A little a little bit it was business as usual, but also I feel like my my personal lockdown has been like a week longer. <laughs> My personal lockdown. Whoa, that's like a that's a book title there. I don't want you to treat me any differently, but my lockdown was very was very singular. I'm just gonna say <laughs> we're all looking um, we're, we're all looking to you for advice here because you've got the, you know, <laughs> that that extra week of experience. Maybe we could backpedal a little bit. I know this is the history of Archipelago is is writ large across the the internet skies. <laughs> so maybe we could um, we could do the a scandal. quick a quick pricey from uh, 2016 or 15 through to through to present day. I don't know who wants to. It was uh, in about 2015 that we first played in the Midnight Doctors. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. 2015, 16. Maybe even a bit earlier, but we all played in um, this amazing musician in Newcastle called Phil Begg, put together a sort of jazz folk crossover band called The Midnight Doctors, and he invited lots of different people to collaborate on it. Um, the first album had a bunch of people on it. I think Richard Dawson's on that one as well, isn't he? Doing some. He's doing, there's about 20 he people. He's on, oh, yeah, he's on both. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the first album was a big but a big collective of people and we all played on that, but we never actually crossed paths because everything was recorded separately. There's a couple of tracks that me and John, because he wanted some stuff that was like free drums and acoustic bass that he was going to chop mm. up. So I think that's that's the first time I'd kind of met John. Ah, where... I actually didn't, I didn't know that. Well, it was us two. Um... We, might have, we might have crossed paths at gigs before, but that's yeah, the first time yeah. we played together like, yeah. in a space. And yeah, because he kind of cut those up and then had Joe Posset doing some tip manipulation stuff over the top of those as well. Mm. So they were kind of in the, that was kind of in the same room, but that was literally like 20 minutes worth of just improv kind of thing. 
Yeah, and then the yeah. second album he made a year or so later was a much smaller band. It was still probably about eight to ten people. Mm. Um, but then we all played on that one as well. And then Phil said, actually, you three would be a really good band. You should uh, you should do something. So we'd all play, played separately on that one. Had we, had we done the live thing by that point as well? Faye wasn't on the first the first live thing we did at Tusk Festival with, with Midnight Doctors. And that had... Um, that had two different saxophone players on it and two and two different fiddle players on it. And but then you and I in the rhythm yeah. section, then Phil on guitar, who sort of leads it and composes everything. And it was, yeah, it was Phil's idea, sort of you three would work really well together as a band. And then we didn't play as the three of us at first. We started as a <clears> quartet <throat> for phase final year recital at uni, right? That's the yeah. kind of mm. That was the purpose of of getting the four of us in a room. So it was kind of yeah. it was Phil's suggestion and Faye's sort of band leading that really brought it together to get it happening. And um, yeah. and that was more of a jazz thing. I was playing acoustic bass and that, and we had a piano player, Pete Curry, who who left not long after that because I think he was planning on moving. And we kind of went back to the drawing board a little bit and sort of said, "All right, well, we still like doing this, and maybe we could do something a bit different." So. So Faye started bringing more stuff in. We started doing a bit more kind of sculpting of those ideas. I started playing electric bass instead of acoustic because it was a new project and I kind of thought it would be nice to to shift those things around a little. When Pete was in it, when we were a quartet, it was much more of an acoustic jazz band and we did like a monk tune and we did, we played Cherokee and um, we did... We uh, jazz, whoa, capital J jazz. Uh, you, guys, you guys played some... Cherokee, I kind of... <laughs> you did, you were really good. Anyway, so and we played some Dewey Redmond and so we were doing like a lot of free jazz and much more kind of interpreting music from the jazz canon in a freer way. And then I had never written music before, but I was uh, I experimented with a few riffs and I brought them in when we were a quartet and they, they sounded really good and we really liked the way it worked together. And we found because we were all improvisers anyway, we could kind of work with new material quite well and mold it and shape it together and take it in different directions. So when we reformed as a trio, we just kept doing that basically. We just went with all original music instead and it became much rockier and much less of a jazz band than it had been. Previous to that, it was very much a but something that you were doing yeah, at a specific remit, whereas once it just became the three of us doing it for the sake of doing it, that's when once it started. school kind of... was out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fly forward now through uh, four, four or five years of stuff. How have things sort of developed from your first set, at least your recorded set, which is your first EP, through to what you're currently working on? Do you feel like things have changed and grown Definitely. I feel yeah. like I feel like it's got to a point now where the kind of the sort of initial musical ideas are a lot simpler in themselves in, in the shape that they kind of take when Faye brings them in. Because it used to be that there was kind of that we would have a lot of like odd time signature riffs or a few different sections that had different feels and that we'd kind of weld together with improvising. And now it feels a bit more like like a smaller idea which is more total in itself and that we kind of step into the space of and then that's what informs how we play a little bit but i mean it's not yeah. a cut and dried way of working but that feels that feels like the biggest musical shift to me i've always really enjoyed writing songs but i always felt a little bit embarrassed about them and i never showed i never really showed anyone because 
I don't know. I think it's a really interesting thing to have experienced is that sense of some music that you make being not allowed or not, you know, like that's not the way to do it. And then sort of thinking about it logically and being like, well, that's not, that doesn't exist. Like that's just not true. And then it's one thing to sort of think it's not true. And then it's a different thing to put it into action and be like, well, I'll, well, I'll just start doing it. Like Christian was saying, like just coming from exactly where I am rather than passing it through a filter of stuff that I think I should do or should sound like. And so started, So there's a more of a songwriter influence now on Archipelago in our new stuff especially, which isn't recorded at the moment, but we're working on it now. And in the, um, the album that we made collaboratively through Between Waves, I think that's quite a good example of the development in our sound and that sort of simplicity of ideas, but meshing more genres together I think and that was that was because the people we were collaborating with also had like different practices to us so they would bring what they do in and I think like the because I was so new to composing when we started as Archipelago it's been constantly changing which I think it probably is for everybody making stuff but one thing I found really hard is shaping your ideas like that and like getting to the root of what the idea is I come from a really free background um, of improvising and sort of getting used to the idea of it being okay to structure things. I think some of our, like on our first EP, I love those songs, but they're, they're much more explorative and I think trying to fit in as much improvising as possible, but also as much composed stuff as possible. Whereas now I'm a bit more like, oh, it's okay if we want to just have a song that's all like mainly all composed or all, all improvised. With some of that older stuff, I remember that what used to happen quite a lot in kind of rehearsals and stuff, because, you know, a lot of it, some stuff that we, we've written does come from us just improvising and jamming and that classic rehearsal room thing of, you know, someone starts playing something, you know, John might start playing something and I'll join and you go, oh, this is quite good. Should we, should mm. we keep this? Yeah, we'll keep this. Yeah. This is quite good. I'll record a little bit of that and then we'll work on it. But then a lot of stuff was coming in from kind of, you know, fear you were bringing stuff in. And I always remember that thing that you start when you go, okay, I've got this riff. Okay, right, we'll play that riff, right. And then I've got this one, right, okay, we'll learn this one. And the, those those two go together. And me and John would be kind of going, okay, right, that's in, like, seven, that's in, that's in that, you know, and because there were a lot of odd time signatures and things going on. And we'd kind of get that kind of pinned down so we knew where we were. Then you go, right, and then it go, there's another one, it goes into this bit, <laughs> and me and John would just kind of look at you every, <laughs> every time, it's like, how many more riffs are you going to try and get into this song? And we seem to go through a process, like you're saying, of, of kind of figuring out how to shape stuff. I think that's it's been a really organic process in a lot of ways, but I think that's something, like you say, the stuff is not always simpler. Not like we're going, right, we're only going to have two riffs in the song maximum, you know, but I think we're exploring those ideas more now and that kind of where, and where you can go with, where you can go with single ideas. And I think, I think everyone does that. I remember, you know, I've, every band I think I've ever been in, you go through that process of going, right, okay, it's okay to, we don't have to pack every riff that we can into every song that we have kind of thing. And it's also like yeah. allowing yourself to, given the musical idea that you've got, the chance that it deserves in a way, like letting it, like really exploring that one idea yeah. as much as you can, rather than kind of thinking, oh, I better, you know, I better just fill it with stuff so that people know that I can do stuff or that totally. people, people can hear in, in case people don't like that one, they can just listen yeah. to this one. <laughs> Whereas now it's totally. kind of like, yeah, just go with your gut, I think. It's like a double guessing thing where you're sort of going, I, I like this, but I wonder if an audience will get bored by it. So maybe I should change something up or maybe mm. like, 
that kind of feeling of sort of going, oh, we've been in this same space for a while and has it really got it? And I think that virtue of being patient with the material and letting it letting it emerge has kind of grown because like on the other side of it, we've done way more playing together now than we had when we started as a band. You know, we'd played maybe like Christian and I had played together in the studio and then done like one Midnight Doctors gig. Faye and I had done like a little bit of improvising in front of people, I think, before we really played we, together. I don't think we'd done that we much. Had, Maybe. Actually. I remember feeling like I really didn't know you both at the start. Yeah, when we when we really began. And I still feel... I think, it now, I'm <laughs> so mysterious. <laughs> Such mysterious people. I was really keen. I remember when, we, when, we, when we'd been doing... We did Archipelago stuff in the room for a few months. In fact, nearly a full year, I think, before we started. Yeah. It was a really slow process, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it took a long time. And then finally, when we put it in front of audiences, I think really crucially, we put it in front of... We did two gigs, like, really back-to-back. We did a gig in a coffee shop in Heaton in Newcastle. And then the next day, we did, like, a slot at an International Women's Day Festival in Middlesbrough in the middle of, like, really... <laughs> it was... Like, intense <laughs> intense political lectures about about International Women's Day issues... And I think a lady doing ukulele covers and then us and then another yeah, talk that, about, that, yeah, about something yeah. really extreme. And you're like, okay, this is, wow, this is a really <laughs> odd situation to drop into as our second ever gig. Uh, yeah, a large hall of people who weren't there necessarily for music either. They were there for... Yeah, they yeah. were there for a conference and we yeah. kind of came out and did the thing. I remember that was the first time that I ever got paid for my own music. Or like yeah. music that I'd written, and we also got some because I remember like holding this cash and being like, "Oh my god, yes!" And then Terrible. we got some fudge as well, and I was like, "I've been given fudge." And then Nikki, <laughs> who was putting the gig on, took a picture of us against this Polaroid picture of us against the wall, and that was our picture like that we sent, yeah. like yeah. we used for our future. <laughs> that, was, that, was our, that was our promo and photo for ages. It was, it was like great. everything <laughs> all in one day. I was like, "We've got the we've got the, the photo done." Yeah, did we set got, up? Then we set up. We set up the band Instagram that day as well didn't we, we were like bit, yeah, yeah, going. <laughs> but it is that thing of like it was like now yeah we are now a band yeah. this has been validated yeah. in some really way kind of i think mm. again that thing of like you say we've done it in front because that, that coffee shop gig that we did was a great you know it was a good gig and it was it was literally kind of like someone it was packed i remember it yeah. being packed and someone sitting pretty much about three inches away from my kick drum kind of you know what i mean and yeah. you could mm. feel that, that thing in the room yeah. and we were still kind of like is this working what is how is this you know how is this oh yeah I was so nervous I couldn't speak to the audience actually I remember and I remember leaning on uh I don't know if I had a mic no no I think we did I think you I think it was was acoustic it was acoustic acoustic. yeah yeah yeah. I remember sitting on the windowsill because it was so busy yeah 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 playing from the windowsill and kind of and like, oh yeah, our tunes, like we had a tune that was in seven and like a tune that was in five. And instead of naming them, I'd be like, this is called seven. <laughs> there was another one like, this is five. And then eventually we gave them names and they ended up on our EP. But it's actually really nice thinking about that.
but that fledg that fledgling band thing, like like you know, we played together with a very with a worked out roadmap that included big stretches of improvisation, but we were still learning how to improvise together, and it was like. You know, we were all we were all capable improvisers with experience, but as a band in that instance, it was like, all right, this is how. What is this? What is this going to be? Mm. And we'd done quite a bit of it in the room, but it changes when you put it in front of the crowd, and and mm. that circumstance is always different. And now, you know, you jump forward four or five years, and and I think we've hit the point where our our understanding of each other as musicians and our sort of approach is is has grown to the point where now. An idea like like a simpler a simpler idea for one of a better term or a shorter idea or whatever it might be, we can now see the richness in it improvisationally, even if that's not the goal of the song. You know, we're still coming at it with our musical attitudes very much in place, mm. and we know each other's quite well. So that's like a big a big growth thing. You know, it's also that we've we've those relationships as not just as musicians but as people have grown as well. Mm. Again, it's that thing of you know when we first started playing together, like we didn't know each other at all we, mm. it's not like you know you do that thing of, of being mates with people and forming a band with your mates this was yeah. three people who've not you know like you say you Faye and John you kind of knew each other a little bit from being around in similar circles maybe but and I'd seen John at a couple of jazz gigs and what have you but beyond that we didn't know each other so we've learned you know and I think that's a big part of it because you become there's that trust as a musician and as a as an improviser and what have you that you know things are going to work. You just have that, but that part of that comes from knowing and trusting the people yeah. that yeah. you're playing with as yeah. well. So, mm. I, and I think you know, I know there's a lot of people would kind of go, no, no, it doesn't matter like what kind of situation it is, you know, or who you're improvising with. It's always you know, I come with the same mindset. Da, 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 da. I personally don't buy into that. I think you know, some of the some of the better you get improvising sort of groupings or you know and, uh, where people have been doing it for like 50 years together and stuff like that yeah you know? i'm not saying that someone that's just got together for the first time can't be amazing as well but i think when you've got that situation where people have been playing together and know each other and have been living together living lives together yeah mm. period of time it's only going to be deeper more meaningful yeah each informs the other kind of thing you know so mm. it's a very relevant issue these days because it's particularly in jazz there's so little money in it that people are thrown together and even though you might know people passingly or even fairly well often it's a case of hey are you free for are you free for this gig some of my music yeah. and oh maybe we'll have a little blow together beforehand and that's a very different yeah. dynamic to can we maintain a functioning ensemble for even a yeah. period of five years which is these days quite an achievement personally mm. and financially but I think I think it is a big part of it. I mean, part of it is we we're talking about doing this this streaming thing for uh, for Manchester Jazz Festival, and I think part of that for us we're kind of talking about okay, we maybe need to get a rehearsal. It'd be good to get a rehearsal in because we haven't played physically for you know a while, and you know traveling there and all the rest of it, and and how how do we get there under the whole lockdown thing and all the rest of it. Part of it for me is is there's just to, like I'm not necessarily used to the thing of like you said being in that kind of working musician scenario where you might turn up at a gig and there are five other people on it and you've never met them before but you've all got the tunes and you're just going to yeah. run through it do you know, not just run through it you're going to give it everything that you've got maybe but it's it there's that it's a different thing maybe <laughs> so, so like yeah, do, john yeah. pope disagrees with that <laughs> no, no, no 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 i just like i just like the way that you put it i've been in those situations a little more you know my my mm. background is more playing in bands with my mates yeah. Kind of thing mm. yeah so that that idea of being in a situation with some musicians that you don't know 
but you trust because hey we've all been like you said we've all been put on this one thing together so in theory whoever's in charge of it must have a plan somewhere okay i'll trust the plan i'll trust the music even if i can't necessarily yeah. trust these people because i don't know them i don't know it's nothing yeah. against them yeah. people yeah that's that's it's a hugely it's a hugely different dynamic and it's a really um it's it's sometimes really really rewarding and you know i've done i've done plenty of pickup gigs as a as a as a sideman or as a jazz musician in that kind of um in that kind of configuration um but but you're working with very different material within yourself you know you're working mm-hmm. with very different very different strictures i mean i've done a couple of things now where i've i've had i've been lucky enough to have been put together with like some named improvisers and and you get dropped in situations where you're meeting someone and you like they might have a reputation and that's kind of enough you can lean on but but you've still you've still only got half an hour before you play to get a personal handle on who they are mm. and sometimes that can go great and sometimes you can walk on stage with someone who you really can't read and that's its own thing you know and in a non in a non value judgment way it's an aspect of the situation that is going to give you something it might give you friction it might give you tension but it might um, it'll have an effect musically whether that be good or bad kind of thing whether that be good or bad but the palpable difference of going on stage with with these two people who i consider very close friends now after years of driving back after gigs and and all of the stuff that goes around playing Mm -hmm. it's like it's really its own thing and i think that i think you see that when you when you find bands that work together that long even if the relationship that they have isn't as close and friendly as ours is you still feel a sense of shared history and a sense of, of experience in whatever the music they make is, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you still manage to surprise each other? Yeah, definitely. In a, in a sense, like, I think I laugh out loud on stage in this band more than any That's, other band I've ever been in. So I was going to say, I think it's that thing of... <laughs> in, I, a, I, I, in a supportive <laughs> and enjoying it way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just because... You know, I mean, there's lots of bands, like there's there's plenty of bands I've played in where you have like really enjoyable moments and where things get really, really, really cooking and intense and exciting. But I think there's something about it with Archipelago where like when it when something really clicks and surprises me, it's just so, it's so joyful. Aww. So much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. And I really, really feel it. That aspect I think is really surprising. Like, or not that it's a really surprising aspect, but the, the surprise is a big part of that when something happens because I think, like we sort of said, I think we had a while of being not very tight with stuff necessarily, but especially in the earlier days of the kind of, of the proggy kind of time signature material. Mm-hmm. A lot of our rehearsal time was kind of spent making sure that those bits were very nailed. Yeah. And that we could be quite tight with them. And then that was like, that was an aspect of the music that was really important. Not that I think that translated into a kind of, into a tight performance setting or a stiff performance setting necessarily, but that sort of meant that sometimes, at least in the early days, we'd get on stage and go, right, this is how this is going to go. And then the bit where it's a question mark will be what it is. And then the more that we've learned each other and the more that we've loosened up, the more that those unsurprised, those unexpected surprising things will appear in the bits where you think you know what's going to, what's happening. And that's the bit where I go, yeah. <laughs> but I think as well, because we all come from really... Um none of us just listen to one type of music and we've all got experience playing in different styles and I think we're all quite heavily influenced by different music. So within that, there's always the chance for surprise because I I often feel like um, when I bring material in for us to try, I will be like, okay, let's try this. And then John or Christian will do something that I totally wasn't expecting. 
and I hadn't heard them do that before and I'm like oh wow okay so we have this and it sort of just feels like I mean I just I really admire John and Christian as musicians so maybe that's partly why I feel like this but I, I feel like they kind of have so many possibilities because of their outlooks as artists and musicians they can really adapt to whatever style or like whatever you're going for and I think it's because we know each other quite well so if you've got some kind of vision they can be like all right tell us what it's yeah like what you want this to create the feeling of or what you want it what colors you want it to sound like or what whatever that kind of thing and they can they can do that and I I think it's because they're not too steeped in like one tradition or another not that it's a bad thing to be steeped in a tradition but unlike they're both learned music and worked on it in different ways but you know like when people are really open to not playing like that as well I think that that just leads to surprise really and that was when I was looking for musicians for my recital band I was looking for people who would play free stuff as well because I know that seems to usually lead to musicians who are up for playing in different things and and not just in one style but you know, having said all that, I do love I love listening to traditional jazz, but I, it does seem to be there's kind of different kettles of fish in terms of the musicians that play traditional jazz and new stuff, and then people that play traditional jazz, and that's kind of where it ends. Which are, both are valid, but obviously for archipelago, it needs to be people who are up for doing new stuff as well. It's also kind of pushing each other and challenging each other, mm. which again leads to things that like I find playing with these two it brings things out of me you know that I don't do in other playing situations that I may be in or what have you uh, and part of that is the music that we're doing part of it is also the individuals that we're with so you know my responding to things that Faye or John are doing it, it those relationships it, just by its nature it's going to mean I respond to those in a specific way but part of it is we, we're again we're challenging each other to to come not not deliberately but part of the way that we work is challenging each other to come up with new thing it means we end up trying to come up with new things i guess mm. so it's surprising each other but then also surprising ourselves as well sometimes mm. you know yeah. that, that, that that thing of it, it, you get pushed in in ways that you maybe you know wouldn't ordinarily go and part of that comes from people having your back about stuff like that you know i come with a bunch of hang-ups about my playing and about music and all the rest of it and to constantly have the two other people that you're playing with going oh that's that's bullshit that <laughs> you can do this this is all fine do you know what i mean uh, you go okay I, I maybe i'll have a bit more self but do you know what i mean and uh, i think that, i think Aww. that is, no but that is that, that's part of it and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think and i think that that again that's that's part of all those relationships to kind of go okay i trust you i know you're not just going yeah you can do this cause we need to get a song done okay. do, do you know what i mean it, no yeah so mm. i i think it it just again the nature of that relationship it's, it's in the in the same way that do we keep surprising each other as people? Yeah, because you're, as you're talking about stuff, you're talking about life, you're talking about experiences, you're talking about things, and suddenly you go, oh, wow, I, I maybe didn't realise that. Or, do you know what I mean? Mm. Or, wow, mm. you know, like someone, you, that, wow, you've really been going through a thing of personal growth lately. That's amazing. Mm. Do you know, that all of those things happen like that as people. Mm-hmm. And it happens in music yeah. as well. So, you know, and I think, again, because you've got that level of connection going on, things like that are going to happen because it's not, it's not just a surface thing. It's not just, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, you, you pull some, you know, awesome kind of riffs out of the bag there early, you know what I mean? Or, or that kind of thing. There was, there was some, there was some amazing, 
bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's not. You can, there's, t- you can tell. You can tell how little we say things like that. Yeah. There's, no, there's none of that. There's, 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 there's not. There's none of that. There's just like you know. I, and again, like John was saying about the laughing thing, that that's something I've always found is you, you usually know when when you're in that process of writing stuff and of coming up with stuff. Generally, the stuff that you keep and the stuff that you carry on working on. The pattern always seems to be when you you know you've kind of done that re- rehearsal room recording thing like okay let's just do a run through of that and you get to the end of it and we're all laughing. Mm, that's yeah, usually I a good, that that's before. usually a keeper. That's usually a mm. good sign that we've yeah. got to the end of it. And you're going that that was great. There was something. There's that release at the end of it of kind of like yeah that was great. I mean you can all we can we can all sense it and we've tuned we've tuned ourselves to the point now where I think we can sense that quite quickly mm. and and feel like we know we're onto something with real legs fairly, fairly soon into the process, you know? And I think that also goes hand in hand with what we were saying earlier about the ideas becoming clearer and the sort of sense of the musical quest being a lot more kind of quest, the sense of the <laughs> music, you know, the, it is a quest. The, it is a quest. No, is. You're right. It is a quest. The, the sense of that becoming becoming more apparent and more kind of more the foreground of what we're doing. I think we're kind of, mm. we're not, casting around trying to kind of go maybe this idea and maybe this idea and maybe this idea it's like no archipelago music yeah it has its thing now yeah Mm. this is a bit more of a technical question in terms of your the improvisational aspect as a group do you feel like you've developed a kind of vocabulary ways that you know you can get from one place to another or you can take an idea and break it apart for example and put it back together or do these things still happen very much without too much thought behind them. If I'm writing something and I know there's going to be an improvised part in it and we need to know how to get in or out of it, I think just from us having practiced that a few times with different songs, I now know, for example, that we can work out lots of different cues. So we can, even if that's just looking at each other, even if it's just a like a hand signal when we're playing or if it's more of a musical thing of playing a riff a few times for everybody to catch on to it feels like we've tried out lots of different ways especially because in the early days our music was more improvised and there was there were completely free sections within our music um, which would then be contrasted with really uh, these really quite complicated riffs I do I do think that we've definitely got a sort of back pocket of ways that tried and tested ways that we can get in and out of improvising. But then I think we're also quite conscious of not developing a sort of standard route through it. So we're kind of trying to find different ways. And I still feel like it always, I always end up scratching my head a lot, trying to think of like, how can we do this improvised bit without it just being um, a sort of, oh, we don't really know what to do there. So let's just make something up moment. I always wanted to have some kind of meaning with the rest of the song. I mean, often it it will do. Like, we wouldn't just be making it up for the sake of it. We're all improvisers and we care about it. But I never want things to get too standardised and feel like I'm, I guess, relaxing too much on the pattern of things. And it is nice to know that there's ways that we'll all understand and that we'll all be able to communicate that way because it is quite a hard thing to communicate, I think. Like, if you're going from one thing, it's quite different straight into another but I think we've been a bit more like we've had to be a bit more robust. And like when we've collaborated with people, we've often had to really change what we do. And having that, having the between waves experience, I think was a massive game changer 
for us because we all had to expand into so many different areas, but also using improvisation. It's a little bit like Christian was saying, sort of figuring out what everybody's comfortable with and then realizing that like, oh, actually we're all quite comfortable as long as we're on the same page and we know what's going on. have a particular tune that you love to play from your from your repertoire right now i've been in quite a reflective mood and quite a sort of looking for peace and calmness because uh because i am so anxious about everything <laughs> and um so yeah so i was actually listening to some of our music earlier today and i would probably choose vessels which is a a piece that is on our first album, Weightless, and it's an improvised piece on clarinet and there's percussion. What is the percussion on that? Is it? Like not singing balls, but that kind of bits of metal percussion going yeah. bells and stuff like that going on. It's got like a very watery sound to it and it sounds quite meandering and soft. That was a completely unexpected track as well. We improvised a bunch of things and... Um, that was one of the ones that came out. So I would, I would choose Vessels right now. Yeah. Vessels is really interesting because we kind of went in and tracked material that we'd played at least a few times. And, you know, it was kind of songs, structured songs that we had in place. And then on the last day of tracking, I think we were in for three days on the last day, we just sort of, we did a bunch of straight up improvisations to tape. And then quite a bit of that album is kind of, edited sections of those improvisations kind of woven in amongst these kind of written pieces. And I would say, I don't know, I kind of, in, in a sort of greatest hits way, another one of the tunes off that, off that album, um, Glittercliff, oh, yeah. was a straight improvisation. And we liked it so much that we went back and learned what it was, at least structurally. And it was our closing number for like two years. Mm. Like a long time, we yeah. basically finished every gig with Glittercliff. I think it's got this kind of cosmic aspect to it. I think it kind of got more so once we've been playing it live more as well. I think the original version of it, it sounds good, but I think we got it yeah. to a point where it was more than that as well from just kind of understanding it. And part of it was just about it being massive as well, kind of like a big sonic thing. It's very soaring. Yeah, there's a few times we've played that where where it's gotten so intense that I've just lost track of time entirely. Yeah, and I'll kind of come round from like just uh, uh, just yeah. this this head shaking sort of world inside myself, and I'll be like, "Oh, we're ramping down. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and we must be done." But have we been playing this for 15 minutes? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was, all, it was always that thing of kind of ending it on going, oh, how long have we got? We've got, right, we've got six minutes. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got time to fit that in and then going, yeah, we, we're probably going to get, well, this is going to be a nine-minute version or something like that because, be because we're, yeah, because we're really feeling it or something like that, yeah. I kind of think as well, there's a the couple that spring to mind is, is a couple of ones from Between Waves just because of the the way they kind of came out. There's the, the, the two that we did with Faith that ended up on there. Which mm. I, I always really enjoyed, mainly because we we we've since then we've redone a, we've redone it, uh, which is our tune Earth, 
the version we do of it now as, as, a, as a trio is much more, I'm kind of playing as a definite rhythm and we kind of structured it differently, but the version that we did of it when, when Faith was in on, on she violin or viola on that tune, I can't remember. Um, viola. And I, I was doing barely anything for the whole tune. I was literally just kind of scripting to kind of give a background crackle. For me, it's that nice thing where you can do that within a piece of music and go, right, I'm going to do barely anything here and just enjoy it. As a piece of music, as a piece, as a thing to perform, it was mm. great because it was, I don't know. It, plus, I think the, and the other one, the other piece that ended up on the recording, that was Tidal, was it called? Yeah. Tidal, yeah. Which is like a big kind of, what is it, like 12, 13 minute piece or something? Or more I even. I think it's like 18, 17, Something like 18. that maybe. And again, that's the one where it run, I mean, there's some, beautiful moments in it and it, you know there's some great melodies and the whole kind of middle section where it goes free and then this it builds into this big kind of ecstatic thing and what have you that for me was always kind of special because when we we were doing the between waves series and the whole thing was we, we had people that we were improv- working with for kind of a day and a half to write new material and obviously we were working out how to work with people and how to work with people that we'd never met before. That was part of the remit as well. We didn't want people that we already knew, so they were complete strangers walking into the room with us. Some of the stuff we did with Fifth just worked where it was. That one in particular, we just kind of started tape rolling and went, yeah, let's just play for a while, and did this kind of, what, 25-minute improvised thing, where at the end of it, we were just going, that's it. That We just kind of need to, if we shave off that little bit there and maybe trim out that minute or two there, that's mm. that's a whole thing. Wow. Okay, <laughs> and that's yeah. that's what we just then did live, and what ended up on the album, kind of thing. So it's just that thing of being in that moment and that time and capturing that, I guess, as well. But me, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I would feel differently about it if it was a tune that we'd gone, yeah, okay, we're now going to perform that like three hundred times. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. But it always stands totally. out. As a, it stands out a, a little bit as that kind of like, okay, it was the perfect meeting of it all just coming together. And it's not. It's mm. not. It's not in any way. 18, 19 minutes of just free improvisation. It's not, it's a song, it's a tune, it's a piece. Mm. That yeah, it's very, it's very focused. But it, it was never structured like that when we just improvised yeah. it. It was, ju- it was that thing of, the li- of listening and responding and da-da-da-da-da and this beautiful thing came out of it. So yeah, that's always been quite a special one, I think. Just to very quickly button on to the end of that, I think Between Waves, I was thinking about Between Waves the other day, I was talking to, uh, to Jen, my wife, about it. It was such a big project. I mean, we did it with with support from Peter Whittingham. We kind of, we were Peter Whittingham, um, the development award, that's the one, which is the sort of, they give you a chunk of money towards a project. And um, and the project Between Waves was a really kind of, it was a really nice idea when we kind of came up with it. And the more we sort of thought about what we were going to do with it, the more it seemed important to really kind of focus on at the time, which was to work with female musicians, new female creative voices not just musicians, we worked with a spoken word artist as well and, and to really kind of stretch our practice. And on paper, that sounds like really good art speak ideas. We're going to spread our practice and do all of these things. But it really happened. It really, really happened. It was such a sea change in so mm-hmm. much of the things that we do as a band, I think. Yeah. When I think about who we were before then and, and now who we are afterwards. And like, like you say, that kind of focused improvising and listening and the whole point of like, we don't have very much time We've met these people right now. We have to shed so much of our kind of preciousness about ideas and yeah. go, right, let's get quick into something that's really going to work. Mm-hmm. And then you also become, like Faye said, very robust about what that 
what that then means and like really getting to the idea at the center of things. And it pushed some new sounds out of us entirely. Like earth was the most sparse thing that I think we'd ever done. And now it's like, it's a staple of the concerts that we do because the mm. space that we make with it, and it is different when we play it as a trio sonically, but, um, but still the very kernel of the idea of being very sparse is like a big thing. And then also like Tidal was very focused. It was kind of the beginning of voice in Archipelago as well, because, because Faye really yeah. wanted to get some of the singing and songwriting involved. And we worked with, with a couple of vocalists and a spoken word artist as part of what we were doing. And that added that element. And again, it was kind of, it was really good because there wasn't time to kind of go, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to be a thing? It's like, well, we have to do something. We're we didn't have time to second guess it because we're playing it tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which now we did second guess our stuff a lot less after that because uh, I think we realised that there's a lot of faffing on that is yeah. unnecessary and can be technical just cut term out. Technical yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of indecision. And uh, you do just have to try things out live sometimes and you can always change it after. Things aren't yeah. set in stone when you've played them once. You no. know, they're always going to change. Mm-hmm. And embracing that aspect really lets you start approaching stuff as its own idea that you can work at rather than yeah. going, this is the definitive thing. Well, again, that, that's slightly the odd thing about the Between Waves thing, because the whole point of that was it was being recorded for an album. That was kind of part of the remit as well. Was It wasn't just, we're going to work with this person, this total stranger, for a day and a half, and then on the end of the second day, we're going to play for an audience of you know, some decent audiences, luckily. And and very again, part of welcoming audiences. And that's part of part of how we've worked as well is we've been lucky enough that a lot of the time I think we get audiences that are really receptive mm. and open. Mm. I think we're we're you know, it's that thing of we're very open, you get an open audience back, hopefully. You know. Mm. But I think especially yeah. for those, we really felt it because we were probably as vulnerable as we could possibly be. Kind of going, right, okay, we've written this stuff with this complete stranger. We they might freak out tonight we don't know how they how, they, how they're gonna be you know and not only is it we're playing it for you now and we hope you enjoy it but we're hoping that the recordings of this work because we've we've kind of pinned doing an album on this as well that we're going to get an yeah. album's worth of material out of these four gigs i think part yeah, of it definitely. was as well there was a definite sense with that of it of that kind of feeling of we did the first one and i think we were just running on pure nerves for that one but it worked yeah. and it was really good and then the second one we were like oh okay this this should be good this should be good this should be good and more people turned up as well. And there was, there was already an anticipation for it from the first one. So it was that nice thing of kind of going, okay, we've got this series. And it, it grew from that, which is, again, yeah. a, you know, it's a really rewarding thing. I was, on, I was looking at my hard drive the other day and I found a little video clip that I snipped out from the second one. And I was going to send it to you guys and I never sent it to oh, you okay. guys. But it's as soon as we finish... Joe McPhee runs over and says hello. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We get off stage. That was the one with Faith. Faith Brackenbury was playing yeah. violin and viola with us. And, um, and, and that was like, maybe out of all of them, that was the one that was the most exploratory in an improvisational sense. I think they were all quite, they were all very new to us musically and material-wise. But that Lisette, was, Lisette that was probably, had a lot of improvisation in it as well because it was spoken words. So we were kind of like, how do we incorporate this? Because yeah, that a was a real for us as well. But yeah, that was a real experiment. Musically, Lizette Orton, but yeah. in terms of musical, yeah, in terms of musical improvisation and and like <laughs> wide open things, improvisation. <laughs> that was faith. Faith was definitely like up there in in those terms, and um, and I remember I remember because Joe McPhee was playing at the um, at the Newcastle Festival of Jazz and Improvised Music, the first night of which was the next day, and Paul Bream from Jazz Northeast brought him down because they've known each other for years. 
Paul brought Joe down to the gig and he rocked up and I remember pointing him out and Faye was like, well, Joe McFay's here. Oh no. Oh dear. Never mind. <laughs> but he's the, he's the first person as soon as we get off stage. And this is the clip that I found because I had a static camera running. He's the first person who just runs straight over to both of us as we get off stage, me and mm-hmm. Faye. And he's just like, I loved, I loved it. It was great. Thanks so much yeah. for that. That was really was, cool. Like yeah. he was, super receptive and right there for it so you know he was battering me down as i was trying to reach you (laughs) knocked out the road knocked out the road by jazz legends who knows how many other people were how many other legends were in line yes flattened flattened by mcphee (laughs) where do people find between waves and all your other things and information if you go on our band camp all of our recorded music is there and it's archipelago band uk on Bandcamp and then we also post fairly regularly on Instagram and we're Archipelago Band UK there and the same on Facebook we're also on streaming as well if you're pressed for cash so you could go on Spotify which I guess most people are stream it 100,000 times yeah I got my first payment recently and it was one penny (laughs) and I was really like, I was really surprised that they even bother to show that up on my. Did you just get a penny in an envelope? <laughs> Signed by um, instead, instead of really crap, a really crap birthday card from it Spotify. The, it didn't have the Queen on it. It had the little Spotify logo on it. <laughs> Spotify penny. This. Little Spotify. Don't spend this all at once. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, thank you. Thank so you for having us. Yeah. Us. Thank you. It's been really it's nice been to chat, actually. Yeah, it's been nice to just hang out again with these two. I should have said this at the beginning. Thank you to uh, Famer Comedy Plays, Reeds, the Saxon clarinet, and now electronics and keys and singing, I think. Very minimally synth. Right, right. And <laughs> yeah. uh, John Pope, who's electric bass and uh, electronics. And then Christian Alderson, uh, drums and percussion. I should have said that right at the very beginning. It's an archipelago. <laughs> Thank you so much. See you once we uh, emerge into the cold heart yeah. light of day. Yes. <laughs> Blinking and shivering, no doubt, yes. Turquoise Coconut is a UK-based independent record label. For information about releases, videos, collaborations and more, head to turquoisecoconut.com or find us on Facebook. Turquoise Coconut. New music for curious ears.